0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. A life that has clarity of the conclusion always brings about right organization and desired goals to be accomplished. You know, we could think of any part of our lives, our family and our marriage, our career, or maybe our relationships or Maybe even our ministry as we think of church. You know, these are a very important part of anyone's life. And if they are important, then there is a sense of desire to know the end of those matters. What would be the conclusion of my family? I think that's something that we need to think about. What would be the conclusion of my marriage? What is the conclusion of my relationship with people and friends and and maybe family, and what is the conclusion of my career, and, and, uh, and most of all, what is the conclusion of- of my life? What will be the conclusion of, of everything that I do in this life? You know, to consider the end of any matter and proportion in our lives helps us to bring about right organization. You know, the word of God says in Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse two, you don't need to go to it. It's on the screen. It says here, it is better to go to the house of mourning, meaning funeral." It is, go to the, it is better to go to the house of mourning than go to the house of feasting, or maybe a house of parties. It says, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. The Bible also says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 8, let's read this together if we can. It's on the screen. Ready? Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the Bible is very clear that you need to concentrate on the end. You need to to concentrate on your conclusion. Not just the introduction or maybe the outline of your life, but how would you conclude this life? It's better to go to the house of mourning than go to the house of feasting. Because the living will not lay to their heart of what is to come at the end and and won't be the summation of that person's life. They always go to the house of feasting. They'll just leave it up for this present time. They'll not think about what is to come after this life is done. So it is better to go to the house of mourning, the Bible says. And uh, the end of a thing is better than the beginning thereof. And it's great to have a wonderful start, but how are you going to end this life? It's great to have a wonderful marriage and have a great start of it, but how are you going to end your marriage? And uh, 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 how are you going to summarize your marriage when you, uh, when you uh, uh, are taken from this earth and, 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 though, uh, and you're not uh, on this uh, earthly trail anymore? What kind of testimony would you leave behind for your children and, and your grandchildren uh, uh, concerning your marriage? And, uh, I mean, everything applies to this principle what is to come and, and will be the end of our, uh, our life. And I think about what God said to King Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. I believe this is on the screen as well. It says, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. He's about to die. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came unto him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in how? In order. Set that house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. What if that was the same news that came to your life and my life? Would you put some matters in order? A question was asked on an internet forum that we are very familiar with. I'm sure many of you asked each other, or maybe you have asked family members, or maybe you have asked friends especially. And this question of, what would you do if you had only one day to live? What would you do if you had only one day to live? Here are some unusual answers from this forum. And one person says, I'll rob a bank and buy an elephant. Very humorous goal. I don't know why he wants to do this. And he says, to sell my elephant and to give it back to the bank and die because I've always wanted an elephant. I never could afford one. If if that person had one day to live, that's what he'll do. I think about another one, I would, call, I would call all my closest friends and family to come out and celebrate my last day by planting a small forest together and making memories. And as I was looking at some lists, it's amazing how many people commented about planting a tree on their last day of living in this earth. And, and I think a lot of people uh, in every way worship this earth more than worship the creator. And I think about another one, anything that came to mind as soon as it, became, as soon as it came to mind. And being sporadic, I think about the last one. And he says, if I, if I only one day to live, move to Venus where a day equals 243 Earth days. And he was trying to be wise there. All right, and uh, but as we think about these uh, different answers to this uh, random question, and it's very amazing that people in every way uh, take their life not too seriously, and and they even joke about it, and and they even in every way do not uh, think of death as fearful, or even think of uh, uh, what is to come after their life to be uh, 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 of a certainty, and they just want to live this life in this present time, and and live. For now and live for pleasure. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, it's very obvious that uh, uh, there is an accountability, and, a, and that accountability to, it goes to our God. And, and we must recognize the fact this morning that our conclusion of our life does matter because there is heaven and hell, and we need to make sure that we're on our way to heaven and trust in Christ as our personal Savior. That's one thing. And then second thing is, hey, we need to make sure we conclude our lives to uh, 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 manifest uh, the right testimony of our Savior Jesus Christ and, and we're not in any way shaming Him and and also we're not uh, bringing down Christendom but we're building up Christendom through God's power and God's grace through the testimony that God has given us and, and that includes our marriage, that includes our family, that includes our personal and private time, that includes your workplace and, and that includes Uh, every uh, portion of your life because everything will have an end and and will have a summarization and will have a, a, a type of a testimony. And I want to encourage you that we have no time to waste because our lives are short. I think about Job chapter 7, verse 7. Oh, remember that my life is wind, Job said. I think about James chapter four verse fourteen. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appear for a little time and then vanisheth away. I think about Psalm one hundred three verse fifteen through sixteen. As for man, his days are as grass; as flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. The Bible says our lives like a vapor. Our lives is like grass and flowers of the field. And it comes for a season, but then it goes away. and, And Job says our life is like a wind. We have a very short duration here. And we need to consider the conclusion of our lives. How would it end for you? How would it end for me? How will people remember you? How will others summarize your life? Many people in the Bible are remembered by their conclusion. Did you know that? And a lot of things that we know concerning different characters, like maybe, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Joseph, and maybe like King David, and maybe like uh, 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 Samson, or maybe Jonah, and... And uh, I think about full story, uh, uh, like our Savior, Jesus Christ, you know, uh, we remember, by, uh, I remember these characters uh, mostly by their conclusion. And I think about the negative testimony that some people have left in their conclusion. Remember the tragic conclusion of King Solomon. I mean, he was the most uh, wise man in all the earth. I mean, uh, uh, he had all the treasures and he had all the riches and and, uh, he had uh, all the things that a king could ask for and all the different kings came to hear him and to listen to him. I mean, he was a very smart, intellectual, wise man, but uh, as much as he had it all, he had to have all the women in the world too. And in his old age, the Bible says... uh, the, uh, his wives turned his heart away to serve idols. And we remember Solomon that way. And I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago how Nehemiah mentioned Solomon in a very frank manner. He says, don't you remember Solomon, how he womanized and how he... Uh, uh, was persuaded to serve idols and 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 to uh, 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 go after uh, other gods of the land because he has so many women in his lifetime and and why would you go after strange wives? Nehemiah said. And we see that tragic conclusion of King Solomon. I think about Judas and, and the man who walked with Jesus and heard Jesus and saw a miracle of Jesus. And, and he was with Jesus for three and a half years. And, and he was among the greats, Peter and John and James. And, and he was among so many great people. But we see the conclusion of his life that he was never saved. He, was, he never received Christ's personal Savior. And, and he was a very man who betrayed Jesus Christ. For 30 pieces of silver. I think about Demas, the man who loved this present world. He was with the Apostle Paul. He went on missionary journey, and he was a a man of accountability. But at the end, we see the conclusion of Demas, and, and we could only remember Demas by this testimony, the man who loved this present world. I think about King Josiah, the man who got involved in the wrong war. I mean, he did everything right. He saw great revival in the land. He uh, uh, turned uh, uh, all the idols away, and he even turned uh, all the sodomites away from his land, and he wanted to make sure that the land was clean. He wanted to make sure that the worship was right. But at the end of his life, uh, he got involved in the wrong war. Even the Pharaoh himself, he said, hey, God told me to tell you not to get involved. But King Josiah said, you know what? I'm going to get involved. And he died in that battle because of his stubbornness, because of his pride. And we see a man who was uh, 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 really chasing after God's heart. And, and we see a man who was sensitive to the commandments of the Lord. And at the age of, I believe, 16 or so, his heart was broken as he heard the commandments of God. But somehow at the end, at the conclusion of his life, something swayed him. Something uh, made him imagine something different. And he chased after not. God's will, but his own will, and his life was taken. And his uh, kingship did not uh, have the a 40-year reign like some great kings like Solomon and David. Remember the honorable conclusion, though, of some great men who concluded, well, King David, yes, he made his share of mistake, but the Bible says, God says, he's a man after God's, my, uh, uh, he's, he's after my own heart. We see in the book of Acts, he was called a man after God's own heart. I think about Apostle Paul, uh, uh, a chief of sinners, and, and, and a man who persecuted Christians and, and who, held, uh, 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 who uh, put women and men and even maybe young people into prison because they professed Jesus Christ as her personal savior, a man, a wicked man who stoned people and killed people and, 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 and bring martyrdoms to a Christian, uh, 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 Christian society. And, and he was a very terrible man, but we see a man at the end who uh, uh, planted churches. We see a man who uh, uh, was zealous for the Lord and a man who fought a very good fight, who finished his course and who kept the faith. And we see John Mark, who left the missionary journey, a cowardly action of a Christian, but we see a man who was profitable at the end. We see a thief on the cross. I'm sure he had his share of sin in his life, and he had his share of his mistakes, and and he probably had stole and stole and stole and, and deceived and cheated and, and, uh, and, and did wrong in the society, but as he was hanging on that cross, guess who was next to him? Jesus Christ, and at the end, the conclusion of his life was not in hell, but he was in paradise with Jesus Christ. You know, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. I would like to encourage you this morning to pray and plan plan for your conclusion. The world has its own conclusion, but let's face it, it's only temporal and uh, and not eternal. And as Christians today, we need to think of eternity. No one's going to live forever here. There's something coming afterwards how can we be encouraged to be more clear in our conclusion? I'd like to share with you three simple considerations that we need to remember, remember in order to have a clear conclusion. First, let us consider the simple anticipation. A simple anticipation. I think about Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 through 23. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Very ironic, isn't it? Somebody would say, hey, I'd rather live and die. But Apostle Paul says, I'd rather die and live. You know what? Uh, it is better to die. It is a gain for me. Verse 22, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I won't now, for I am in strait between two, having a desire to depart, and to be with Christ, which is how? Far, better. He says, to die is gain, and, and to be with Jesus is far better than anything this world could provide. Let us consider that death should be an anticipation and not fear. Ear. And Apostle Paul is very clear in these verses to die is gain, is to be with Christ is far better. And I think of Christians who die not in fear, but in anticipation. I think about Adonai Justin. He said, I go with the gladness of a boy bounding away from school. I feel so strong in Christ. I like what he said on his deathbed, don't you? He says, you know what, I'm like a schoolboy who just got out of school, about to go home. And, uh, you know, he was excited. Why? Because heaven was waiting for him. Because Jesus was waiting for him. I think about John Leith and, and the man uh, who wrote uh, a, a wonderful hymn. And, and if you go to the next slide, and uh, it's called The Heavenly Home. He wrote about uh, 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 heaven and eternal life. And, and we have a hymn about that. And he said, Can this be death on his deathbed? Can this be dead? Why? It's better than living. Tell them I die happy in Jesus. You know, these words are confident words. Why? Not because of who they are, but because what Jesus Christ did in their life, and what Jesus Christ promised concerning eternal life, and as they were taking their last bread, as they were uh, taking their last moment in their lives, they saw, I believe, Jesus, they saw heaven as real, and they were glad to transition from this earth to eternal life, and it wasn't Fear that dictated their lives but it was anticipation and hope and joy and love and and these men had, had anticipation of what is to come and we must also do the same and when we look for the anticipation of what is to come my friend we will have good and satisfying conclusion and it is when we don't when we are fearful of what is to come we don't really plan and we don't have the right conclusion at hand we try to just live it up here rather right? than try to uh, live for Jesus Christ who is in eternity and it is when we are living for this present in time and this time only we tend to be not clear of our conclusion why because there is no hope there's nothing to look forward to and there's nothing contributed beyond this world and we are trying to enjoy this world much as possible rather than the next i think about what jesus said in matthew chapter 6 in verse 19 through 21 lay not up for yourself treasure upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, Jesus says, don't lay up treasures here. It's going to be gone. Lay up treasures up in heaven. It will not corrupt there. It will be remembered forever, and it will last forever. And, uh, you know, uh, where is your heart today? That's a good question. That's what Jesus Christ states here. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The reason why you are living for this world is because you love this world. The reason why you're investing in this world so much rather than the next is because you love this world just like Demas, who love this world, this present world. And ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure we love God rather than mammon. Let us make sure we love God rather than this temporal world, because the Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. You see, all these things will be dissolved, and all the things that we see will just pass away. The Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And uh, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passed away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And ladies and gentlemen, we must make sure we don't love. The world, because if we love the world, then we don't love the Father. You can't love both. And where you love, that's where your treasure will be. And that's where your investment will be. That's where your time will go. That's where your strength will go. And that's where your mind will go. And that's where meditation will go. Oh, I wonder if it is your heart on beggarly element of this world, or is it in the precious elements beyond this world? And they say, if you just live for this world and this world only, your conclusion will be more filled with regret. And do you fear death today? You know, I think of atheists and non-Christians who have fear and regret in their life because they live for this world and this world only. Sir Thomas Scott, an atheist, said, until now, I thought there was no God or hell. Now I know there is both, and I am doomed. I am doomed. He says, You know what? I rejected God all my life, and on my deathbed, I realized there's both. I am doomed. Voltaire, an atheist who, who claimed by the time he is buried, the Bible will be non existent. By the way, the very house that he printed all these terrible materials for atheism after he passed away, you know what that house became? Became a Bible print, printing press. Amen. You know, it's the irony of it all where God always wins. God always wins. And uh, Voltaire, the atheist, he said, I am abandoned by God and man. I shall go to hell, O Jesus Christ. Sir Julian Huxley, English evolutionist, biologist, staunch atheist on his deathbed, he said, So it is true after all. So it is true after all. You know, these men realized on their deathbed that there was hell and there was accountability. And they say, I hell is still real. And would you follow the same fate of conclusion like those men not trusting Christ and not believing in his sacrifice on the cross, not believing salvation by grace and, but by works, and you're trusting yourself rather than Jesus and what you have done, what you have experienced, and rather than what Jesus has done on that cross. If you're that person today, trust in grace, trust in free salvation that Jesus Christ provides. Because hell is real. And we think about Judas. I think he had religion, don't you? I mean, he was with Jesus himself. He heard Jesus at the Mount of Olives. He heard Jesus heal the blind. He saw Jesus walking on water. And, and uh, he, saw, he saw Jesus turning the water into wine. And he saw everything that Jesus said and Jesus spoke about. He had religion. But he had no relationship with Jesus. And he's in hell today. Dying for thirst, dying in loneliness, and dying in regret. And you might be in church this morning. You might be singing the same hymns like we do. And and you might be going to the same invitation like we do. You might go through life connection like we all do. But only the Lord knows who are his. Are you born again? Have you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Because hell is real. Why don't you go to a place where it's far better? It's called heaven. And to be with Jesus is far better. And to be with, without Christ is far worse. Where are you going? Is it heaven or hell? What is your conclusion of your soul? Where would you go? Just because you have a good job, just because you have everything set in order concerning your family, just because you're provided for, and uh, just because you're living this world in this present time in a fine way, that doesn't mean you don't have to worry about death. I was thinking about my uh, mother and uh, my mom and I, we went to a Korean restaurant and uh, we ate some uh, soft, tofu, uh, so, uh, soft tofu soup, and and we had a good time together, and uh, and uh, we even ate out last night, and I think this was like maybe a month ago, and and there was a uh, uh, just a very elderly couple, I think they were in their 80s or 90s, and uh, I, 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 and they were Asian, and uh, we saw them, and then my mom said, you know, I, she looked over, she said, you know, I don't want to be taken care of like that in a wheelchair. And, when I get old, you know, uh, I don't want to do that. And I said, you know what, Mom? You know, there are a lot of people out here in this world. And, uh, you know, when you get sick, you have told me before. Because she has told me this many times and told my family many times. She said, you know, when I get cancer, you know, I'm not going to fight it. I'm just going to go. I want to go to heaven. And... Uh, and I said, Mom, you know, there are a lot of people in this world who are trying to fight death as much as possible. They're just trying to hang on and just live. And, uh, and I, I'm not in any sense uh, uh, downplaying sickness, and I, I pray for people who are sick. I pray for people who have bad health, and I believe God could heal them, God could help them. But, you know, in this world, many people are just clinging to their life. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. You are? Right? Yes, they have a good job. Yes, they wonderful family and yes they have a great income great wonderful retirement but they don't want to die you know why because they don't know what's going to happen after they die but as Christians today we have this great hope in knowing hey death is a transition it's not the end we have heaven as our home we'll be on the golden street oh we talked about heaven on Wednesday night and uh, concerning the, uh, uh, the series, Our Glorious God, did you know that there'll be 12 manners of fruit, 12 different manners of fruit in the tree of life that we could take from? Did you know that in the throne of God, there'll be water flowing down, pure, and, uh, and, 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 and God will provide everything for us. There'll be no dark, uh, darkness there, and there'll be no uh, 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 sickness there. There'll be no sin there. And there'll be nothing like that. Heaven will truly be glorious. And that's where we'll go. And by the way, that's where my dad is. My dad died when I was 10 years old. Is he still in heaven? Yes, he is. He trusted Christ as personal Savior. And I look forward to that day. And there are a lot of family members up there. And uh, my grandparents are up there. You know, I never got to thank my grandparents. I, I thank God for heaven because I get to thank, God. I thank, I thank them for what they did. I remember when my dad was sick in Korea and uh, he was like, very sick, and he couldn't really move around, couldn't take care of himself. And by the way, uh, 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 he couldn't even really walk uh, alone, and uh, he was very sick. And uh, uh, I think it was toward the end of his life. And, and guess who came along to assist my dad? Okay. Not somebody from Korea, not somebody around the vicinity of Seoul, but from Southern California. My grandmother flew out to South Korea to take care of my dad. Where, uh, so that my mom could do some other things to take care of the family. I never got to thank my grandma for that. I still remember that day when my dad passed away, my grandmother was sitting right next to me with my mom. I still remember that day. I thank God for heaven, and uh, I'll see Jesus, I'll see my dad, I'm going to go just, you know, uh, hurry to my grandma and say, thank you, grandma, for being there for By the way, thank God for Christian families, amen. Thank God for your moms. Thank God for your grandparents. Thank God for your sister and brothers. Thank God for them. Especially when they're they're saved. Thank God for that. And thank God we'll all see each other in heaven. And I have said it before. I say it again. I'm sorry you're stuck with me. You'll see me in heaven forever. Not just on Sunday morning, amen. You'll see me forever. I might even uh, live next to you. That'd be a wonderful thing. And, uh, I mean, we'll just talk about a wonderful thing that we have done here together. And I'm just telling you right now, heaven is a wonderful place. And I wonder where your treasure is, though. I wonder, as a Christian, your heart is here. I wonder, as a Christian, your heart is in this present world like demons. I wonder if you have never trusted Christ sincerely and you're not sure for uh, heaven, but you're sure about the alternative. I wonder, where would you go after you die. What is your conclusion? Do you anticipate concerning your end? And uh, as, as a Christian, I want to encourage you to trust Christ. Not only that, secondly, i got to move on. We have a simple adoration. A simple adoration in Matthew 22 and verse 36. It's on the screen as well. It says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, saying all the law and the prophets. You know, our conclusion in life can be settled by what we truly love. Because... By what you love, you'll sacrifice, you'll work hard, you'll have passion. And some people love their career, some people love their money, and some people love themselves. And and show us what you love, because by our love, we will conclude this life. The lawyer asked a very simple question, what is the greatest commandment, Jesus? And Jesus answered in a very simple way, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. You know, a regretful conclusion of life lies in the absence of loving God. If you don't love God, I guarantee you, you're living a life of regret. You're not living a full life, my friend. You're living a partial life and a life that is full of uh, 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 discouragement and distress and the love of Christ is not carrying you and the love of Christ is not strengthening you and, and uh, I feel sorry for someone who is not abounding in the love of Christ in their lives and I want to encourage you to make sure to uh, recognize that God loves you but not only that to also recognize if he first loved us then we ought to love him back and we ought to love God with all of our hearts and with all of our soul, with all of our minds, with all of our strength. You know I think about Jesus Christ. You know when he was hanging on that cross did he love us with all of his heart? I think he did. When he was dying on that cross did he love us with all of his mind? I think he did, he thought of me, he thought of you. When he was lying on that cross did he think of, uh, uh, did he uh, love us with all of his strength? Yes he did, he gave his body for us. He loved us with all of his soul. He even gave up his ghost. You know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our God loved us. He sacrificed for us. And I think we ought to love him back. You know, a regretful conclusion of life lies in the absence of loving God. Someone who loves labor, for example, has a conclusion of regret. You might love your work. You might be workaholic today, but Ecclesiastes chapter two—it's not—it's not on the screen. But I'll read it for you. For and whatsoever mine eyes as I, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from joy. And my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. It says, I, I delighted in labor. I delighted in work. I delighted in building. I delighted in getting all these things done on the schedule and the to-do list. And verse 11, then I looked on my all the works and my hand that wrought, and all the labor that I had labor to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. Solomon said, I. I built, I built mansions, I did everything. I had vineyards, I had servants, I had maids. I had everything that I had desired for. I worked hard at it, but at the end, it was all vanity. It didn't give me satisfaction. You get your house, you get your car, and you love all those things. I guarantee you, you're still not have satisfaction. Why? Because God is absent. You. you don't love God. Someone who loves money, conclusion is regret. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. What does that mean? You want more. You want more and more and more. Someone who loves themselves, conclusion is regret. John 12, verse 25 He that loveth his life shall lose it. You love your own life, you'll lose that. It. You'll be a regret. And there's no way around this. We need God, and we need to love Him. And and no life is worth living. No conclusion is ever more worthy than to love God. And on this point, I want you to be encouraged to recognize the fact that uh, God has given us His Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. His first fruit is love. And we are able to love God as he is a desire to be loved. And I want to encourage you to love God with all of your hearts and with all of your mind and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and to give it all to God. Have your conclusion to be where uh, your children will look down on your casket and say, my father loved God, my mother loved God, my son loved God, and my daughters loved God, and my brother loved God, my sister loved God, my grandparents loved God. And ladies and gentlemen, let us make sure our conclusion of our life is not selfish, but it's it's Savior-centered. And, uh, by the way, on this point, Jesus Christ gives a second greatest commandment, too. Number one is to love God, and second is what? To love your neighbor. To love your neighbor. To love other people around you. There's somebody you hate. I guarantee you, your life is full of regret. You're distressed, you're frustrated, and you're focusing on that person all the time, and, and your life is wasted of hating that person. But how fruitful you could be if you just start loving people that you're not fond of. How fruitful Jesus was as he was hanging on that cross to love those centurions and to love other people. And I mean, even the centurion had to consider, yes, this was the Son of God after Jesus Christ gave up his ghost. And they Gemini. Saddest life, saddest conclusion of a life is a selfish life. Never giving, never encouraging, always receiving, always looking out for old number one, always loving himself, always loving herself. Is that the conclusion of your life? We will never arrive to a life with satisfying conclusion if we're not loving others. You love other people around you. Hatred is a waste of time. It is a waste of a life. It's a waste of a life. If you're not right with God and loving your parents, love your parents. If you're not right with God, loving your children, love your children. If you're not right with God, loving your friends or maybe even church members here, get right with God and love them. Love them. It's a wonderful conclusion of a someone's life who loves. Number three, a simple accountability, I'm done. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Second Corinthians 5, 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every woman receive the things that in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we're not self-made people. We're not. You know, this world always talks about I'm a self-made man. I'm a self-made woman. And look at me and look what I have done. No, we're all here by God's grace. You know, we have salvation by grace. We have church by his grace. We have the word of God by his grace. You know, I don't don't stand in awe and and revere somebody who says, I'm a self-made millionaire, I'm a self-made man. No, I'd rather look at a Christian that says, I'm a savior-made man. I'm a savior-made woman. By God's grace, I am who I am. God, I stand in awe. Why? God gets glorified. You know what that person is saying? He must increase, I must decrease. And that person is being accountable and saying, Lord, you worked in my heart. Lord, you have told me to do this. You have told me to become this and I give all the glory and honor to you. And I just want to encourage you to let you know there is an accountability and the conclusion of the whole matter, Solomon writes to fear God and to keep his commandment, and many people wish to live without accountability, and they want to be a self-made person, but we have no choice in the matter. The appointment has already been said, and I have an appointment with God, and you have an appointment with God. Where? At the judgment seat of Christ, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you've never received Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, there's another appointment that you have that God has made with you. And it's already been said, and it's at the a great white throne judgment. And at that judgment, there is no verdict of innocence, but only guilty. And there'll be the lake of fire waiting for those who have never trusted Christ. You know, God will judge the conclusion of our lives, whether saved or unsaved, whether Christian or not Christian. God is the judge of, of this whole world, and, and, and we cannot judge ourselves. We cannot conclude our lives. No, God is the one that concludes our lives, and that is the reality. And, Christians, I want to encourage you, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12 through 13. I don't know if this is in the slides or not. Yes, there is. Let's look at this together. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. It will be revealed. For the day shall we declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What does that mean? He says you're building a house, you're building your life with wood, hay and stubble and gold, silver and precious stones. Two categories there, wood, hay and stubble, gold, silver and precious stone. And God says at the end I will try that by fire. Guess what remains? Wood, hay and stubble? Yes or no? No. What remains? Gold, silver, and precious stone. That remains. And Jesus will try it by fire. And you'll be surprised to know, wow, I didn't know that's wood, hay, and stubble. You'd be surprised to know all the all the things that you invested in, all the all the time that you have given towards something, you realize it was only wood, hay, and stubble. And I wonder, I wonder if you'll have some gold, silver, and precious stones. I wonder you'll be ready at the judgment seat of Christ. You know, what we did yesterday to pass out 5,000 tracts, those are gold, silver, and precious stones. And what we do on the 24 prayer, uh, prayer chain for the harvest, that's gold, silver, and precious stone. All the things that you do in this world, that's only temporal, those are wood, hay, and stubble. They'll not last long. I want to encourage you today. You don't have a long life, but you could have a full one. And you can have a good conclusion. And I want to encourage you today to recognize that you have an accountability with God. And the way you you could be accountable to him is through this book. To fear God and to keep his commandments. Would you say that with me? To fear God and to keep his commandments. Let us make sure that we are accountable to him.